What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from the Front Desk. Funny, I did a video the other day, and I mentioned that I, oh, this was on Tales from Techsport, and I mentioned how I, you know, cut a few hairs, trimmed my beard up a little bit, my neck and my head and all that. And I swear this lady's got to be trolling me. Whoever you are in the comments, I don't know if you were looking at a different video or if you're just trolling, but uh, yeah, let me know what's up. She's talking about how, what did you forget how to shave? It's been so long. And you know that I got a, I think she was trying to say the word rash. That's not what she spelled. Um, and, uh, yeah, don't know. All right. Let's find out about bad customers. Hello, Dr. Hotel guest. Hi, I'd like to make an appointment. Front desk agent, a uh, reservation guest. Yeah, sure. Front desk. Okay. What date? June 5th. Just one day? I guess, unless I need to come back, but I won't know that until I'm there. Front desk. Well, how many beds? Guest. Oh, man, if I had to stay overnight, I'd like my own room. One bed, please. <laughs> okay, the rate is 165 plus tax. Wow, for my first visit? Well, if you remember, we have a discounted rate of $150. Guest. Well, I'm a member of Cigna. You work for Cigna? No, I have Cigna insurance. Hmm, that's nice. With Cigna, I still pay 150 There's no discount for having Cigna insurance, sorry. What? What kind of doctor doesn't accept insurance? Um, this is a hotel. Oh, and then they hang up. Well, what kind of person calls to make a doctor's appointment and doesn't listen to the person on the other line saying, Hello, thanks for calling such and such hotel, whatever. Either that or, this is highly unlikely, but... The, the front desk agent may have left out their whole spiel about, you know, thank you for calling whatever name of hotel. Uh, but I doubt that. I mean, that's pretty well ingrained in every front desk agent, night auditor, you name it. I just don't understand. People just don't pay any attention. They want to say what they want to say, but then they don't really listen to the answers. And yeah. Yeah. Apparently, hotels should ship left behind items for free. So this literally just happened. A guy calls and says that he stayed here over the weekend and left a pillow behind. I said, no problem. Let me just get your information written down here and we'll ship that out to you. I asked for all his contact information and address and all that, and then asked for a card number that we can charge the shipping to. He goes, what? I have to pay for the shipping? Uh, yes, sir. We charge however much the shipping costs and then an extra $5 for that for having to drive to the post office and ship it out. He then goes, that's absolutely ridiculous. I spend so much money to stay there and you guys can't cover the 5 to $10 it costs to ship something? At this point, I was ready to lose my cool and just straight up tell this guy off. But I kept my composure and said, I'm sorry you feel that way, sir, but it isn't our fault that you left something behind. And if you wish to have it shipped back, we will have to charge you for it. If you would like to discuss this further, I can transfer you to my manager. He goes, you know what? Forget it. I don't need the pillow that bad. Just know that I won't be spending my money at your hotel anymore. <sighs> I hate people. People expect everything for free. They don't think they should have to pay for anything. People think if they order from me, it should be free. On my website, if you spend $120 or more, you get free shipping. And everybody says, oh, well, in the beginning, everybody said, well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why should I have to pay for shipping? Then they say, well, that's just, that's just part of doing business. That should be part of the price. Okay, fine. Let's call it part of the price. So instead of a $5 bar of soap, which it was back when I started doing that, now it's a $7 bar of soap. Feel better? I don't understand where people feel that entitled that they think it's just, I'll tell you what it is. I kind of hesitate, but then again, really this ends up being Amazon's fault. Their whole business model sort of turned everything retail wise online on its head and people expect everything to be free. Well, what they don't think about is 
the prices that are built up, because some things on Amazon cost more than they would in a retail store. So they're built up to begin with, not everything. And then the Prime. Well, Prime shipping isn't free. You pay a membership. Now, you may or may not order enough in a year to go beyond that and get a better deal out of it. But then again, like I said, you got to watch the cost of goods. So, yeah. To expect small retailers, hotel chains, anybody to do anything for free is just ridiculous. Top tier jackass loses his mind and status. Here's a tale from when I was working general manager at a large-ish property during 2020. As the world ground to a halt and friends and colleagues went into hibernation or some tragically losing their jobs, my property remained open serving key personnel and healthcare workers whom were drafted to the area to provide relief efforts, testing services, and self-isolate after exposure. Myself and a core team became adept at following the ever-changing laws that would often update daily, amending and adapting service of food, housekeeping, and amenities to adhere to local and national guidelines. And as we were housing official persons from local government who were making local decisions about the COVID response, including restrictions imposed, we had to be on top of our game not to fall foul of the chaotic guidance. We were often praised for our safety-forward approach and finding ways to provide service safely where some of our competitors simply refused. Cue lifting of lockdown. When leisure travel was allowed again and we had our first influx of post-COVID travelers, all desperate to get out of the house and live again. Nevertheless, restrictions still remained and part of the national guidance, which became law, was to implement the 12-meter rule, later relaxed to 1.5 meters. This required all indoor dining seating to either be screened or placed 2 meters apart. This effectively reduced our capacity at breakfast from 120 to around 50 guests. Face coverings were required at all times when not seated, and as we all know, this was seldom adhered to. I instructed my entire team not to challenge this as we had already had too many aggressive confrontations with guests who felt the wearing of a small piece of cloth over their nose and mouth was a complete trashing of their human rights. Introducing our top tier a-hole, Mr. Anxious had already made my acquaintance on arrival, demanding I personally see him to explain in depth the hotel's cleaning policy and what guarantees I could make that he wasn't going to contract COVID from his hotel room. This was despite a public and well-signed cleaning policy advertised by the brand on every booking channel guest-facing literature and physical signs around the property. Nevertheless, I provided the corporate spiel, which placated him for a while. Placated? I don't know. I say placated. That's the way I was taught, but whatever. I assumed he was a nervous traveler and wanted to be reassured of our cleaning policies. Throughout the course of the next day or two, he caused nuisances such as allegedly almost barged a small child out of the way in a corridor because he wasn't wearing a mask, requisitioning a housekeeping cleaning chemical caddy from a linen trolley so he could examine what chemicals we were using, appeared to be taking notes of staff in the lobby, tutting under his breath when they removed their face coverings to take a sip of coffee or water. None of the above was of great concern or refusal worthy, just weird. My final run-in with him was at breakfast the second to last day of his stay. He summoned me as I was carrying a stack of dirty trays back to the kitchen, probably a sweaty red-faced mess as we were severely short-staffed demanding loudly to know why there were disgusting people milling around the breakfast room without face coverings. To be honest, there was probably three to four guests moving around without face coverings, but everyone else was surprisingly compliant. I calmly advised that while we stressed the importance of wearing face coverings and urged all guests to take one of our free face coverings, we would not be challenging guests who refused to comply due to the aggressive and often scary interactions the team had faced. He proceeded to absolutely lose his mind and screamed at me at a guest walking by him, at families getting breakfast from the buffet, whom were all masked up, at anyone in a general radius of around 5 meters around him. In short, he accused everyone around him of being murderers, and that we all deserved to die from this deadly disease. With this, he walked calmly out of the breakfast area and back to his room. 
There was silence until one guest loudly exclaimed, What a wanker! <laughs> Laughter, claps, and the hustle and bustle of breakfast began again. At this point, I've had enough of this guest. I decided that today, we would be refusing service and he was required to leave. I pulled up his membership. He was a top-tier member and informed membership services and guest relations of the incident so that should he go to the brand offices, we would be covered and avoid a guest relations case being charged to us. Before I could go down to his room to kick him out, he ran to the lobby demanding my full name, email address, and personal home address, as he claims he was going to sue me for health damage. Of course, I declined the latter, but handed over my business card and informed him that he could serve his legal papers on the business address listed. As he turned to leave, I also dropped casually that due to his behavior, I was at this point refusing service and he was required to pack up and leave, within the hour. His angry protest fell on deaf ears and I maintained a steel-like calm composure. It became clear that he wasn't going to get a reaction from me. When I finally advised that if he didn't leave, I would have no option but to call the police, he packed his bags and left. What followed via email over the next days and following week was an avalanche of legal threats, spurious complaints, and malicious data subject access requests. We involved our head office solicitors firm to draft responses at one point, and yes, he did contact the brand guest relations team. A case was opened. My correspondence was noted on file and shockingly, guest relations fought for our corner. They supported us barring him from the hotel and furthermore quoted terms and conditions, clauses he had breached and shut down his top tier membership. We never heard a peep from him again, barring a few bad reviews that were awfully similar and to this day I remain wholly unsued. My sentiments exactly. What a wanker. I'm not going to get into anything political or otherwise. I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on TV, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Whether you believe in COVID, don't believe in COVID, believe it was severe, believe it was not as severe, whatever, it doesn't matter. There were mandates in place uh, that you know for masking, and I, I believe this is in a different country. But either way, every country has their rules, every town has their rules, every state has their rules. Each business also sets its rules. And... While I agree that if the rules were in place for people to be masked, they needed to be masked. But I also get it from the business's side where, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles a little bit. For this guy to just absolutely be flipping out. At that point, he should have just asked for his money back and asked to be let off his, not lease, but you know what I mean, agreement. And uh, go on and stayed somewhere else. And if you feel that strongly about it, then uh, obviously that's not a good fit for you. People don't follow the rules on the road. People don't follow the rules in grocery stores. People can't even, like here in the U.S., pretty much everything's, you know, you're on the right and somebody's passing you on your left, whether it's a grocery store aisle, on a street, walking down a hallway. But there's always going to be those people meandering around like a bunch of stray cats. Oh, yeah, Nickel's back. Meandering around like a bunch of stray cats who uh, refuse to do that. They think that it's okay to just kind of wander across in front of you, coming at you, and then look at you like you got in their way. I'm... It's, that just stymies me to this day, but it happens at least weekly. And what are you going to do? You're going to stand there and pick a fight with everybody you come across? And that's just ridiculous. And it's a good way to give yourself a heart attack. So, eh, relax. I don't know my name. I think everyone had this conversation many times. I have a reservation here. Hello, nice to meet you. Can you tell me your name? From betting.com, where helpful as most reservations are from that blue page. Yes, but I still need your name. I have a confirmation number here somewhere. I just need a name. Do you want me to show you an email? I just need your name. I already paid. Great. I still don't know who you are. And so on. And sometimes someone will have printed email that they will attempt to push into my face or at least hold it so close that I won't be able to focus my eyes. Well, that's just like the guest patient in the first story 
who had a lot to say, but really wasn't listening. This person clearly says, okay, can I get your name? Oh, I've got an email. No, I need your name. Oh, I have a confirmation number. Just give me your name. Like, seriously, even just your last name. Give me your last name, spell it. I'll look it up. Boom, we're done. Oh, Sometimes the general public can be so annoyingly dense that it just gets my blood pressure. Even just reading some of these stories. Whew, man. When good intentions meet bad guests. Ever had one of those nights where your faith in humanity takes a hit? Gentle readers, tonight we shall speak of helping your fellow human being. To give what you can so that another may breathe easier. To live selflessly with gratitude your only reward. And also the absolute crushing feeling when it's thrown in your face. I generally try to believe the best in people. That we're all just trying to muddle our way through life and that we all want to be good. Unfortunately, after years on this rock, I've learned that some people just suck. Fortunately, unicorns are still pretty danged awesome and so Buttercup is in her usual spot by the coffee station. I'm not sure who Buttercup is, but okay. Our story begins when a gentleman and his lady friend coming to the door. The sketchiness detector starts clicking almost immediately. They've definitely got the vibe, and there's a noticeable smell of weed. They want a room. How much? Can you do a better than that on the rate? Standard questions and all. But they're trying to work in the, we're checking in after midnight so it's really Thursday night trick, to finagle two nights for the price of one. Your humble narrator is not falling for this and make sure to specify multiple times that this is for checkout at noon, not for 4pm. Where the heck are you people even getting that? The cards decline. The first one is one of those prepaid gift cards, which our system won't accept. The second just declines straight up. And the third one was them trying to sneak the gift card in again without my noticing. Classy. As much as I would love to sell the room, I breathe a sigh of relief when they leave. But they came back. <laughs> this time coaxing along a friend. The new person is a fresh-faced college kid looking a trifle uncertain about the whole thing. I can see the signs of a young religious kid wanting to do the righteous thing and help a homeless couple not have to sleep on the streets. He started out giving them a ride, but now they're asking him to pay for the room. Presumably there's a promise to pay him later, but the look on his face says, I'm about to be scammed, aren't I? I probably should have refused service, but they'd have just gone somewhere else. I sigh and explain to the young man the rates, checkout times, and everything to make sure there's no confusion. He nods and hands over his card. The card is run, the paperwork is signed, and all three go up to the room. A short time later, he comes back down with a defeated look. Is it possible to extend that room another night? It is. Are you certain? Yeah. He doesn't sound very certain, but I make the changes. He heads out for the night. Of course, the guests, despite their sketchy appearance, were perfectly well behaved and... <laughs> nope. There was a lot of screaming. First at each other, then at staff when they were told to knock it off. The room was trashed, though thankfully nothing that required the hapless Samaritan to pay a damage charge. I wasn't there for the full experience, but they got kicked out, caused an even bigger ruckus, and eventually left the property in the back of a police car. They were rather firmly added to our do-not-rent list. So in conclusion, while it's fine and good to help those in need, sometimes it's good to examine the situation closely. I want to reiterate my belief that most people are good and kind and honest, but it's the ones that aren't that spoil it for everyone else. Take a moment to say goodnight to Buttercup and have a wonderful day. Well, good night, Buttercup. I get it. I see it all the time. I, one of our local Facebook groups or one of the law enforcement pages that kind of lets you know what's going on in the area through the scanner and things like that. Uh, you know, there's always a disturbance at Wawa or Acme. And uh, it's usually homeless people, you know, aggressively panhandling for money or rides, mostly money. And it just gets old after a while. Are some people really down on their luck and hard up? Yes. Is some of it mental health related? 
Yes, not all of it. Some of it's substance abuse related, which is a whole other story. Or some of it's mental health where they became addicted to substances. Who knows? But first of all, if you ask me for money and I say yes, you're going to take whatever I give you. You don't get to dictate the terms to me if I'm giving you something. Second of all, if I don't have cash on me or don't feel like pulling out a wad of cash in front of everybody standing on the corner and I say no, then you'll accept the word no. You're not going to strong arm me or try to guilt me into giving you money when I said no. Then you get people all with their ass up on their shoulders online saying, until you've lived in their shoes. Well, first of all, a lot of us have been in their shoes. Second of all, it doesn't matter if I've lived in their shoes. It's my decision to do with my money as I please. I pay taxes. You, you know, y'all expect the government to take care of these people? Then go get on the government. Tell them to take my tax money and put it towards that. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. I've also volunteered in homeless shelters and everything else and done good deeds because I wanted to, not for recognition, not for anything else other than to help people. And I got to tell you, most of those people are very grateful for the help that they get. Whatever I can do. I can only do so much. I'm one guy, limited resources, but you know, sometimes I have time and I can put time and effort into things. And you know, that's what I've got. But there are a few that ruin it for everybody else because, uh, they're just wankers. The owner. So I got technically a Mr. Patel call today for the first time in forever, but this one really confused me. I was hoping someone could shine some light on what possible scam could even be. So it's 3 a.m. and the phone rings. They never say their name, but I obviously know my owners and know this isn't either one of them. Plus, the owner would just call my cell. I'm the only night auditor right now. But he says he'll have a reservation coming in and gives me a rewards number and a reservation number. That makes me repeat them back to him. I had tech support check these out. Both are bogus. Then he asks about the fire extinguishers because the stars are Blind Singer's family chain. What? I don't understand. Please understand this reference. I don't know. I'll have to come back to it. You're going to have to let me know down below. Anyway, we're not that chain. I was confused on why he was so specific with absolutely demanding a picture of the tag and expiration date of the fire extinguisher. I am so very confused. I put him on hold and left him and he hasn't called back. But I'm left with so many questions. I don't get the hotel reference. It must be, it must lead to a name of a different hotel chain. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know what scam that could have been. Somebody just yanking your chain, maybe? I mean, I don't know. Fire extinguisher. What would a fire extinguisher do for him? Whether the tag was good, not good, they can't do anything with that information. If you guys got any ideas, let me know. Maybe something's been run by you before at your work, and uh, maybe you've seen this type of thing before. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me. If you've enjoyed this video or podcast or wherever you were, do me a favor. Give us a favorable review, a thumbs up, a comment, and go ahead and share with friends and family that you think might enjoy these stories. And yes, while I am a little slow, as somebody pointed out not too long ago in one of my videos, I am a chill Reddit story reader. I'm not going to like go super crazy and hype things way up. I'm not going to get super loud. I'm not going to do crazy voices. I don't do that. I am a totally different type of reader than that and I got to stay true to me and stay chill. I'm glad most of you all understand and uh, for the one that says that this place is boring, see ya. Alright guys, till the next video, see ya again.